God bless you. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that you love us with an everlasting love, a deep love, Lord, that supersedes all of our weaknesses and all of our failings and all of the mess we make of our lives. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're here today. Holy Spirit, you're here today to show us things and to reach into our hearts and transform us on the inside. We thank you, Lord God, now in Jesus' name. Amen. Today what I want to do is is talk about what it means to grow in grace and I want to address one of the key issues of grace, something that's deeply embedded in the way God responds to us or the way God uh, reaches out to us and so it's all about his grace and the way he loves us today. So I want to talk about forgiveness just for a few minutes. When you know that God has forgiven you and you are free and you can stand before a holy God and know you're absolutely free before him, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. The reason I'm saying this today, friends, is because a lot of people wrestle with this. A lot of people struggle to know that they are really and completely forgiven by God. Could God really forgive me for what happened 20 years ago? Could God forgive me for what I did last year or last week? Could God really forgive me? Let's read this passage today from Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, One day as Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees and religion teachers were sitting around and they'd come from nearly every village in Galilee and Judea and the healing power of God was on him. I bet you love that verse, Paul. It's one of my favourite verses. John 5, 7, Luke Luke 5, 17 says, the healing power of God was on Jesus when they came together at that time. And then it says, "Some, some men arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and the place was packed to the door and they couldn't get in uh, to set him before Jesus. And when they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. They removed some tiles and let him down in the middle of everyone right in front of Jesus. So then it says, impressed by their bold belief, he said, Friend, I forgive your sins. They weren't expecting that. The guy wasn't on the stretcher, wasn't quite expecting that. Neither were the guys up on the roof. That set the religion scholars and Pharisees buzzing. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said, Why all this gossipy whispering? Which is simpler to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking? Well, just so it's clear that I'm the Son of Man and authorised to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic. Get up, take your bedroll and go home. Without a moment's hesitation, he did it. Got up took his blanket, obviously pushed his way through the crowd, didn't go back up through the roof again. He pushed his way out through the crowd and made his way home, as Jesus said. Giving glory to God all the way. Well, the people rubbed their eyes incredulous and then also gave glory to God. Awestruck, they said, we've never seen anything like that before. Can you imagine that? 
He's a paraplegic. They probably all knew him in the town. He's, he's lowered down in front of the crowd, unable to walk or even move. And in a few moments of time, he jumps up from the bed, pushes his way through the crowd and goes out. And they're all giving glory to God, saying something amazing has happened here today. Well, here's the question that I want to ask today. Why do we struggle with this issue of forgiveness? Why is forgiveness a difficult thing for us? And look, we need to get a little bit real here today because I want to tell you, you know, I personally have struggled with this over the years myself quite a bit. And I've met many, many people who also have had the same struggle. And I, and I ask the question, why do people feel that way? Could God really forgive me? I think one of the reasons is because our, the world we live in is very transactional. In other words, that means I do something for you and you do something for me. A lot of things we do, if you're in business or if you're an employee or wherever you work, a lot of the communication that we have during our daily work is all about the transactions that we do one with another. It's almost like a fee-for-service mentality. We have to do something to receive something from God, and that can be ingrained in us. See, in the, in the world system, forgiveness is possible. To be forgiven in, in the way of the world, it's actually possible. The problem is you've got to come up with a pretty good apology before someone's going to forgive you. You think about maybe a, a situation in your life where maybe someone has really, really offended you in the past, or, to put it the other way, maybe you've really offended someone else in the past. You've offended them. But just think about how you felt about that. Or if someone offended you, how you felt, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, well, maybe I could forgive them, but unless they apologise, there's no way. No way I'm going to do that. And we think that God treats us the same way as that. And we grow up with this idea, drummed into our heads since childhood, that forgiveness is conditional. It can never, ever be taken for granted, and there's always a catch somewhere. So when we think about the grace of God, when something happens in your life and, and God breaks into your world, and we think about what, what the grace of God really means, the risk is that we try to define God in terms that we can understand. We, we see God as being a bit like us. Maybe his forgiveness is conditional too, and I've got to earn it. I've got to somehow you know, say the right number of special words, or I've got to you know, be always repenting, or I've always got to be falling on the ground, or doing something to earn God's forgiveness. What's Jesus teaching us in this story? Number one, He's teaching us that forgiveness is not difficult. Forgiveness is not tricky. It's not complex. It's not hard to understand. It's actually really easy. Just think about this for a moment. Religion and the religious people there, when they said, they started buzzing, who does Jesus think he is? Only God can forgive sins. For them, you see, forgiveness was complicated. Forgiveness was hard. They wanted to make it difficult. What actually happened that day? Jesus is in the room. It's a crowded room. This guy's being lowered down through the roof. And I can tell you, it would have been chaotic at that time. In the passage we read, it says they removed some tiles. One of the other gospel references to this passage says they dug a hole through the roof. 
Whichever way it was, you can imagine that there was all sorts of stuff floating down there, maybe bits dropping down. I reckon if you were underneath that, you'd have needed a hard hat, probably a dust mask, because I can tell you that all sorts of stuff was just coming down there and the guy was lowered down through the middle of this dust cloud and it was just a mess. It was chaotic. And Jesus is just sitting, standing there waiting, you know. It's like the guy's about here somewhere. We don't know whether he got right to the ground or whether it was still there. But Jesus, Jesus just said, Oh, I forgive your sins. I forgive your sins. It says he saw the bold belief of his friends, not even the guy himself. He saw their bold belief and he said, oh, I forgive your sins. It was like it was an easy thing for him. It seems casual. You know, the guy wasn't crying out, oh, Father, forgive me. There was no tears. There was no remorse. There was no nothing. Jesus just said, I forgive you. I forgive you. The paralyzed man hadn't even come for forgiveness. He wanted to be healed, but he got what he came for and he got a whole lot more. I love that. You know, I love this thing thought that God never waited until I was ready or until I deserved it or before I repented of my sins. He purchased my forgiveness on the cross when Jesus died on the cross. That's where forgiveness came from. And he showed me his goodness on the cross. You know, this is an age-old, I guess, question, and it, it took me a long time, a few years ago, when I finally came to understand this, that it's not my repentance that unlocks the goodness of God for me. You can repent. Repentance is not a bad thing, by the way. I'll talk about it a bit later on. Repentance is a good thing. Saying sorry for your sins is a good thing. But saying sorry doesn't unlock God's goodness for you. The Bible says very clearly, God shows his goodness to you. And that leads us to a place of repentance. That's the way it is. And there's many, many stories in the Bible that demonstrate this, that show it in practical and real ways. That's exactly how it happens. So when Jesus responds to the religious people in the crowd there that day, and he says to them, what, what, what's simpler? Which is easier? Which is quicker? He said, which is the easiest way to solve this problem, this man's problem? What he's really saying there is that God is interested in dealing deeply in our lives. He wants to get at the root cause of our issues. He knew, Jesus knew that this guy had a sin problem. You know, and he just says he the, the guy got what he came for and he got healed as well. He was healed at the same time and forgiven. So I think Jesus proved two things on that day. Number one, that forgiveness is not difficult. And the second thing he proved is this that forgiveness is just in the heart of God. Forgiveness is just what God does. God forgives. You don't need to struggle, you don't need to strive. You don't need to earn forgiveness from God. It's already in the heart of God. It's just what God does. He's not waiting till you come up with the right kind of apology. He's not angry at you because you're stuffed up in life and ended up with the same brokenness afflicting everyone else on the planet. He's not angry at you. I want to try just for a moment and paint. A, a, a picture of what God is like. You know, our Father in heaven, he took, the Bible tells, shows us and gives us this picture in, in the Old Testament. It says that God took a piece of clay, 
soft, pliable clay and, and he began to mould it and made it into a, the shape of a person. Made it look like himself, I believe, actually, because the Bible says that we are made in God's image. We are made to look like him. Something that could represent him in the world that he made. I love Isaiah 45. It says that we, we are the work of his hands. We're the work of God's hands. So God's desire, his deepest heart's desire was that this most, that the pinnacle of his created beings would uh, voluntarily surrender his free will to him. That his, uh, would, would emerge to all its potential and glory and capacity. And God's greatest achievement, which is making you and I, our free will would be surrendered wholly to God so that he could be with us because God wants to be with us more than anything else. And when we surrender our wills fully to him, he can be with us. But the most beautiful thing God created, that's you and I. We rejected his friendship and wandered away and said, I'm going to go my own way. And we set off on a path of self-destruction. So the father said, how can I bring my created beings back from that self-will that is destroying them? A pathway that leads to death. And so there was, there was no way that we could have done it ourselves. There was no way that mankind could have saved himself. So God said, I'm going to do it for him. I'll give up the most precious thing I have to ransom and to buy back their souls. I'll give my only son. And so Jesus, in the fullness of time, the Bible says, came down to earth, was born as a baby. And we celebrate this at Christmas time. And, and he grew up and at the right time, age of 33 years, he was, he was unjustly convicted and hung upon a Roman cross and killed so that he could bear the sins of the whole world. The Son of God gave up his life for us. The penalty was for sin was exhausted. The job was done. The price was paid. And the stage was set for the greatest buyback in human history, in all of history that people would now be able to come back into a real relationship with God. So what happens is we come to him and say, God, will you accept me? And we're tentative. We're afraid. You know, can I expect God to forgive me? What about all the wrong that I've done? What, what do I have to do to get God to forgive me? And we don't realize that the the whole process of forgiveness was part of a cosmic plan of God that so filled his heart and so uh, filled his thoughts for time immemorial. It's not just about your little sins and my sins. It's about God's plan and purpose. And so we're asking the wrong questions. When we say, God, will you, will you accept me? God, will you forgive me? I think we're asking the wrong question. He's already forgiven you. He's saying, will you just start to walk as a child of God? Will you say, yes, I know now that I belong to the living God. One day our eyes get opened and we start to experience the avalanche of God's love because that's what it's like. When you start to see how much God loves you, it's like an avalanche just pouring all over you. And you begin to realise how great and how wonderful God is. To illustrate, you know, it's like someone who lived in South America and they, they spent their whole life living up on the mountains beside some little trickling mountain stream. That's all they knew. That's all they understood. 
And then one day they went down and someone took them to the mouth of the Amazon River. Now, I don't know what you know about the Amazon River, but it's at its mouth, it's over 300 kilometres wide. That's a pretty wide river. It delivers one-fifth of the world's river water. You can't turn the Amazon River off. All you can do is draw from it. You can't stop it. You know, you can, you can put a hose in and you can pump out of it, but you can't stop it. That's what God's love is like for us. That's what his favour is towards you. That's what his heart of forgiveness is for you. That's why Jesus died in our place, so that we can be forgiven. It's God's heart of love for you. It's just like that river pouring out upon us. Friend, he's done that. He's done all of that because that's what's in his heart. That's what's in the heart of God for you. The love and the forgiveness and the grace of God and the favour of God poured all over you. The third thing I've learned about forgiveness is that forgiveness is received by faith. We've got to reach out and just take a hold of it and say, God, I take that for myself right now. I've got to receive that forgiveness right now in my heart. It's like everything God does for us. His forgiveness is a one-way arrangement. It's one-sided. It flows from him to you, into your heart. The forgiveness of God flows from him to you. It's one-sided. It's a one-way street. Romans chapter 4 tells us this. That's why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promise to forgive you arrives as pure gift. That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it. Those who keep the religious traditions and those who've never heard of them. He's talking to a, to a mixed group of people, some who were religious kind of people and some who had no concept of God, whatever. And he says, there's all kinds of people in the world, but there's only one way to receive from God. It's by faith. It's by trusting him. It's by saying, God, I'm just going to open my heart. I'm going to receive what you've got for me right now. I'm going to believe. I'm going to receive it into my heart right now. All that God has for you, just poured into your life and you receive it by faith. So I want you to hear me today. You know, I believe in repenting. I believe in the idea that, you know, you can say to God, I'm sorry for my sin. You can do that. But there's a lot of people who talk a lot about repentance and say every day you should be doing this and every five minutes, you know, and repenting for the sins of the past and repenting for other generations and for repenting for what happened, early settlers of Australia and repenting for all kinds of things. I want to tell you, friends, you, God's forgiveness for you and his favour to you is not purchased by anything we can do or not do. It's purchased by the blood of Jesus poured out upon the cross of Christ 2,000 years ago. And when I say, God, I want to thank you right now and I receive it into my heart right now, and that's, that's for me. I'm taking that right now. Jesus, it says, saw their bold belief and he said, I forgive you. I forgive you of your sins. And that man received everything he needed from God that day. So I just have a very simple question. Are you ready to receive from God today? Are you ready to receive what he wants to pour out into your life? Everything he's got planned for you. And maybe maybe you're here and I just ask if our musos can come back and look, maybe you're, maybe you're one of those people that has struggled with forgiveness. 
You're just not sure if God has forgiven you or not. You're wondering, have I done enough? Have I done enough? And God says, no, I've done enough. He says, Jesus did enough for you. Maybe you're someone that needs the healing power of God released in your life today. Or maybe you're someone who's never ever taken that step to begin a journey with God and today you're just sensing the power of the Holy Spirit just in your heart saying, yeah, today is the day. Today's the time to take that step. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to receive you. Why don't you close your eyes right now and ask if everyone here can just, just close your eyes for a moment because there could be people here that are at that point right now are ready to say, Jesus, I just take you into my heart right now. I'm going to hand it all over. I'm going to hand it all over to you. I can't do it myself. I'm handing it over. If that's you, if you're saying that in your heart right now, why don't you just raise your hand? No one's looking around. Just raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. See those couple of hands? See those hands? Yeah, yeah. I want to tell you, friend, God wants to meet you right now. He wants to meet you in this moment. He wants to fill you with himself.